Welcome into the Realist Show on Radio, your daily dose of reality radio, the free-range human show of choice, and a bunch of other things I could say, but I can't think of off the top of my head. This is the Clay Edwards Show. We are live in the Mac Hike of Flowood Studios. I am, of course, Clay Edwards, and I have retained the good services of my predecessor here in the mornings, Mr. Stephen Utroska. Good morning, Stephen. I'm going to cut your mic on. That might help. <laughs> All right. Always a pleasure to be on the Clay Edwards Show. I don't get enough airtime on my Liberty Wake Up Call show, so sometimes he says he retained me. Sometimes I'm pushing him to get more airtime. Either way, <laughs> I'm glad to be here. Yeah, either way, man. He, I came in and said, hey, man, you got to get out of here. He's like, no, I'm not in a big rush. I'm like, well, come on, do a couple segments with me. Because uh, you are very plugged in with what's going on down at the Capitol. And also, uh, for people who might just be getting in the car and don't know there's a show prior to this, Stephen is on every morning, well, every Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. To 7A, the, uh, the get ready, the first cup of coffee hour. Tune it in. If you're sitting in the house, you don't have a radio in your house. I don't know a whole lot of people that have old school radios in their home anymore, but we do have the uh, WYAB website. You pull it up on the browser on your phone. Go to the Listen Live button and save that to your home screen like I did. And it's just like having an app. Just one hit and it starts playing. One tap and it starts playing. And I listen every morning while I'm getting ready. Or well, actually, I'm in the car by the time he comes on, but that's what I listen to on the way here for the most part. So tune in. Uh, Liberty Wake Up Call with Stephen Utroska. All right. Hey, Stephen. What is a uh, – so everything's in committee right now. Right. The the, the, Senate, the Senate side is looking at the House bills. The House side is looking at the Senate bills. The one that's got me fired up that we've gotten a lot of mileage of on the Clay Edwards show and the Kim Wade show for that matter uh, is HB 1020. That's the, that's the big one. That's the one they're screeching and reing and crying about the most on the Democrat side. Yep, apartheid, racism, colonization—all they. I mean, they have pulled out some big words for this one. Well, that's not the only bill that they yelled racism and apartheid and the all. Water that's just bill the, too, the, right? yeah, the water bill, and there's been several bills about Jackson that that they're yelling that about. Uh, but that that's probably the biggest one is the CCID bill, the expansion of the CCID bill. Yeah. So I mean, do we think that? And you, and you you said your opinion is it'll get killed in committee on the Senate side. Do you think there's a chance this thing gets? neutered a little bit and we still get the expansion of the capitol police maybe without the implementation of of judges uh selected right. judges appointed yeah judges. I, I, you know we'll, we'll see i think that they'll bring it up in committee i think they'll discuss it um it may make it out of committee but i think if we do see it come out of committee then it will uh it'll get cut down some and i think that's probably the most likely way to keep this bill alive is if in committee if you know the Republicans are the only ones pushing this, of course, no Democrats are pushing this or supporting it. Um, you know, David Blunt is uh, you know a, a Democrat senator that I know he will very forcefully you know fight this. Um, Jackson uh, Jackson delegation, right? Yeah, uh, white Democrat, white liberal. Uh, you know, very very few white Democrats in the Mississippi legislature anymore, but there are well, uh, very few admitted right white yes, Democrats. That's right. Yeah. Um, so, but, uh, you know, Hob Bryan, of course, in the Senate is the other white Democrat. Uh, but, um, I think that, I think that the only chance this bill has of surviving in the Senate is if they take out the entire court system provision in it. So if they just try to expand the CCID, um, that allows basically for Capitol Police to increase, to allow Capitol Police to start patrolling new areas, I think all that's fine. I don't think that you'll have that big of a pushback for it because 
even with that, I don't, you know, I think that all the city of Jackson delegation and all the Democrats as a whole will probably still come out and fight that. But I don't think that they really care that much about it because they see the benefit in that. That's going to relieve, you know, the city of Jackson police. And, and not that they can't still patrol that area. See, Jackson can patrol any area within the city that they want, including the CCID, uh, which is the Capital Complex Improvement District is what CCID stands for. But city of Jackson can still patrol those areas if they want. But the city of Jackson has come out and said that they have a shortage of police officers. They can't hire enough police officers. What You may know the number, but I think they're like 40 or 50 police officers shy. No, no, no. There are 300 shy. Oh, 300 shy. Yeah, so I'm way off. Uh, so, I mean, I think that even the city of Jackson, uh, they're going to fight it. They're going to have that, you know, they're going to have theatrics of standing up and fighting it and saying that you're, you know, stripping the city of Jackson from their self-governance and this and that. But I think behind closed doors, uh, I would venture to say most of the Democrats still are okay with allowing the police officers, the extra police officers, to be there who would be part of the Capitol Police. If you live here, you know that you live in a in a third world dangerous hellscape. You have to know that more police presence is a good thing. Right. I mean, you have to be able to admit that. Uh, have you ever read Trump's Art of the Deal? No, I have not. I finally got around to listening to it on audio last year when I was working in my shop. And it just goes back to just being a good negotiator on both sides here. Yeah. Both sides ask for way more than you know you'll get. And you meet in the middle yeah. with a deal that works for everybody. Yep. And I, I mean, at the end of the day, would I like state appointed judges considering how bad Jackson is and how bad the judges have been? Yeah, absolutely. But I will settle for a CCID expansion with more capital police with uh, conservative leadership over that police or uh, pro law enforcement values right. over a department inside Jackson versus these liberal, we can't touch people. Uh, we, we, you know, criminals aren't bad guys mindset that JPD has. Yeah, no. And I think, I think that's what we'll end up seeing. I think that we will see if, if the bill at all passes, I think that's what we will see. I think it's got a good chance of dying altogether. Uh, mostly because, and you know, I talk about this all the time on my show that Delbert Hoseman is not a conservative, um, he's not necessarily, you know, what most conservatives would say in pro law enforcement, pro, you know, uh, protecting our rights as individuals through law enforcement. And so, uh, it would not surprise me at all if Delbert does not, um, you know, or, or Chuck way doesn't have the ear of Delbert, uh, because they're probably friends. Uh, I don't know that, but I'm just guessing, you know, because of the way Delbert votes and, uh, or the bills that he brings forward, his liberal policies, the people he um, appoints to committees. Right. The people that he appoints to committees. 13 out of the 16 Democrats in the Senate have committee assignments when there's, you know, I don't I don't remember what the number is, but there's, you know, I don't know, half of the Republicans don't have committees, but, you know, almost all of the Democrats have committees in the Senate. So it wouldn't surprise me at all that if the mayor has the ear of Lieutenant Governor Delbert Hoseman and have made this deal to kill this all together, you know, in the Senate, but... Uh, my prediction is, is if it does make it out of committee, they'll probably strip the entire court system part in committee or by an amendment on the floor. And then, you know, it may get out expanding the CCID, but only for you know, basically the law enforcement side, which is 150 new officers is what it would include. That's great. So one of the other options I've seen them say is how about fund more judges in the Hines County to help clear the docket or, you know, create more, I guess, just judges through funding where they would be voted on, not appointed. Right. You know, and I just, and I get, we've talked about this before and joked around about acceptable forms of tyranny and this, that, and the other. 
I see all the reasons why you would not want to give the state appointing power because you had to say, okay, well, what if the state was ran by Democrats and they wanted to come appoint judges in Rankin County? We would raise hell. Right. Yeah. But we also would, the Democrats have a anti-law enforcement agenda. That That's just their thing. All cops are bad. All cops are bastards. ACAB. Yeah. You know, BLM. But it, mostly peaceful protests. We've seen what Democrat control does. Conservative is, generally speaking, pro-law enforcement, so on and so forth. So you just say it's two, it's two different – it's oil and water. Yeah. You know, but at the end of the day, I, even if they're bad judges or liberal judges or whatever you want to say, I still think being able to get that docket cleared down. But if all you're going to do is just play this catch-and-release game still, yep, you're just going to have a bunch of people – with felonies or misdemeanors out committing more crimes. It's just a vicious cycle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, you know, in the house. So, you know, of course I work more on the house side, uh, but in the house, when this bill is debated, I mean, that was part of the argument from the Republicans pushing this is, you know, the, the court system is so backed up, you know, in Hines County and city of Jackson, so backed up uh, that they're not prosecuting anyone. So the argument for having this court system, and, and I, you know, me as a constitutional conservative, I even have a little bit of hesitancy on the way they want to do this court system. Um, so I'll, I'll admit that, that I'm not, you know, 100% just gung-ho for it. If and I was king for a day, I would probably make some changes to it. And after our conversation the other day and hearing your side of that, you know, I talk about being able to digest information and change my mind on things. You changed my mind on that, just looking at it from – you know, unbiased, you know, yeah. left or right opinion. So, yeah, you know, I, I don't think I like it, but in an extreme case like yeah. Jackson and how bad these voters vote, man, sometimes you, you, you might lose your privilege for a little while. Right. Well, and that's, I mean, that's, you know, again, being a constitutional conservative, to me, that's the entire system, our, you know, our federalist system that we have a you know, federal government that, you know, all the power should be in the states. I believe that the state should have more power than the federal government. Anything that is not specifically in the Constitution, a power given to the federal government, it should be left to the states. But we have a federal government over our states so that if our states start treading on our individual liberties and freedoms, you know, the federal government can step in. Same thing with the state. The state has, you know, power over cities. There's a... Um, you know, there's a, an idea called home rule, which basically says the same thing from, you know, from how the states have power that the federal government doesn't have. Anything that's not delegated to the federal government, the states have. Well, home rule is the same idea for counties, that counties, anything that's not specifically designated a power to the state, the counties then have. And so, so uh, are the counties over the cities? Who, who Does Hines County get presidents over Jackson or is Jackson get presidents over Hines County. Like, what's more, who's more important there? The board of supervisors in the county or the city council in the Jackson? Yeah, they're kind of uh, so on some things the county has you know power over the city, but generally they're set apart. So once you once you incorporate a city, uh, they're set apart almost from the county. Now they have to work together on things, uh, and a lot of times they'll have shared services like garbage pickup and things like that, or or even law enforcement. There's you know, places where small municipalities may contract to the county to do, you know, provide their law enforcement if they're not big enough to have their own. Um, so they do things like that. They partner together, but they're really kind of sub entities uh, on most things where the county doesn't necessarily have power over the city. But when it comes to court systems, a lot of times the, you know, the, the city, especially a smaller city, will rely on the county and some county judge seats and 
court systems are only at the county level. Um, but with this home rule idea, and, and Mississippi isn't necessarily a home rule state. Uh, there's some other, you know, I, I don't want to get into the intricacies of it, uh, but basically home rule says that the county has, you know, authority that the state doesn't designate. Um, so I, I do agree, you know, on the judge system thing that, you know, they should be elected. They should be people, you know, representatives of the people. But like you said, when, you know, when you're, you know, sometimes we got to put you in a timeout. You know, sometimes if you're if you're just not doing the things that we've given you the power to do uh, as the county, you know, if you can't do those things, then that's the purpose of our federalist system that the state steps in and says, hey, look, you know, Hines County, City of Jackson, you guys aren't doing, you know, you're not prosecuting the people. People are, you know, criminals are intruding on the rights of your citizens and you're doing nothing about it. You're either not arresting them or your law enforcement's not doing what they're you know, supposed to do. And, and that's not blaming the law enforcement. that blaming that they're 300 shy of what they need to mm-hmm. actually enforce the law. If, if the city is not doing that, not protecting people through not having enough law enforcement, not actually prosecuting the people that, you know, are infringing on your rights as a, you know, individual and the liberty you have because they're stealing your stuff or they're robbing you or whatever. If the county's not doing that, if the city's not doing that, that's when the state has to step in. That's the whole purpose of our system of having, you know, smaller government. Everything should be at the local government until they no longer will or can, and then the state steps in until we can, like you said, kind of, you know, all right, we put you back on your feet. Now we'll let you out of timeout and go back to doing what you need to do. Well, you know, the same people who are reading and crying and screeching about this, saying the state needs to stay out of the city's business, are the same ones who thought the state should bail the city out of the water issue. Oh, 100%. It's like, well, come on, man. Yeah, they they want they, – this is the thing. They want they want to be bailed out of the water system, but they really don't want the state to bail them out. They just want money for it. Yeah. They don't want – because if there's strings tied to it, if the, if the state says, hey, we'll bring you money, but we've got to have our hands in it so that we make sure you're not just, you know, frivolously blowing Shad, these money. Yeah. If we can't have oversight of that money, you know, we're not giving you money. Well, then all of a sudden you get a fight. And this has happened on the legislature floor, you know, in the House and the Senate. They fought over this when they, when the you know delegation of Jackson wants money, and you know the Republicans say, "Well, we'll give you some money because we don't think people should go without water. We'll give you some money, but hey, we need oversight over it." Oh man, all of a sudden they're whoa, whoa, whoa! You know, we don't want oversight; we just want money. Yeah, we got to we got to get these consulting firms paid and get our cuts and get our get our donations. Hey, we're going to take a break. When we come back, I want to discuss this bill you've been on a lot. I hadn't even talked about it on my show, but you got me fired up the other day listening to it. And it's the one where if you get charged with a felony, they yep. can not not convicted, but charged, they can take a blood sample. Yes. That's scary. Let's talk about that on the other side. This is the Clay Edwards Show, joined in studio this morning by Liberty Wake Up Call host Stephen Yatroska. We are live in the Mack Hiker Flowwood Studios, and we'll be right back on 1039 WYAB. Breaking rules when necessary. Welcome back in to the Clay Edwards Show. This segment this morning here is going to be brought to you by our friends over at Stonington Farm Beef. They're going to be up in the central Mississippi area this Friday making delivery. So get your order in today. They'll customize your order for you. You don't have to just pick package A, package B, package C. As a matter of fact, they don't even do that. You don't have to commit to a quarter cow, half cow, none of that. 
Call Katie Stonington. We'll go to their website, stoningtonfarm.com. All the contact information is there. 100% grass-fed, 100% grass-finished, no grain, no hormones, none of that stuff. And it's locally sourced right there in Perkinston, Mississippi. If uh, you've ever been out of the coast, you've driven through Perkinston and didn't even know it. Right along 49 there. Perk Beach. So, check them out. They're going to be up here. They'll customize your order, whether you're spending $50 or $200 or more. It doesn't matter. They'll meet you right there, uh, Home Depot parking lot uh, in one of the they, – they, they do a couple different areas around here. They do not meet inside the city limits of Jackson. Somebody, whoever it was listening to the show that drove all the way down there to get some beef because you didn't want to meet them in Jackson, I do appreciate you, and I definitely appreciate you dropping that you heard it here on my show. But uh, they will come up here. They just meet in the Jackson area in Brandon and Ridgeland. Probably smart to stay out of Jackson. Probably so. I don't know if I'd be meeting anybody in that Home Depot parking lot. <laughs> Hey, car stolen. Yeah. You know. But you can meet them at Home Depot or, uh, you know, anywhere near that and pick you up a freezer that you're going to need to put all your beef in it. Uh, look, absolutely. But check them out. The Stonington Farm Beef, 100% grass-fed, 100% grass-finished. I got a, I got a 10 pounds worth of ribeyes, 10 pounds worth of sirloin, and no, 5 pounds of ribeyes, 5 pounds of sirloin, 10 pounds of ground beef. It's just spent right at 200 bucks. Got a lot of great stuff. And, um, heck, I've got so much stuff that I haven't, I don't even need an order this time around. So <clears throat> check them out. You will not be disappointed. The grass-fed difference, stoningtonfarm.com. All right, I'm joined here in the studio by my good buddy, host of the 6A to 7A hour here at WYAB, the Liberty Wake Up Call, Mr. Stephen Utroska. And uh, Stephen's been involved over here at 103.9 for longer than I have. Uh, he was co-hosting shows with Mike Madison, filling in for Mike. All kind of stuff. So really, really great natural fit addition to our programming here at WYAB. And uh, he, he's been a great wealth of knowledge for me. Somebody that was very late in the game getting involved with stuff down at the Capitol and all that. But, hey, COVID woke a lot of us up. Yep. Woke a lot of normies up. Um, I heard a I heard a commercial this morning. Uh, you probably heard it, too. I guess that Dr. Wiltshire and them are doing some kind of yeah. thing. And they're like, we're going to be discussing COVID and all this and and I was like, man, you know, it feels like that dead horse has been beat to death, but we can never forget yeah. what they did to us during that, what they tried to do with this vaccine. And as tired as I am of hearing about it and talking about it, it's a fight that we can't let them forget when it comes time to uh, to vote and everything else. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, the lockdowns, they came out and said uh, some people were essential and some people weren't. Well, that's going to haunt Tate. Yeah. If, if, if anybody wants to primary Tate – they need to primary him on shutting churches down. Yeah, well, Doctor Witcher is primary him. <laughs> yep. Oh, there we go. I, I didn't know. If, I didn't know if he was running as independent or, or no. Or, yeah, or in the Republican. Yeah, he? yeah. He's got two. Tate's got two challengers right now. Doctor Witcher and there's one other guy. I can't remember his name, but I'll tell you. You know, it 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 will be almost impossible to beat Tate in the Republican primary. He's gonna raise the money. Yeah, I mean Tate. I, I think last last time I looked, Tate had like over seven million dollars on hand. Mm-hmm. You know, it is. You just there's no possible way to overcome that unless you have that kind of money. We're getting Tate for four more years. I mean, I don't. I don't think the Presley guy's got a chance. I mean, I, has, has has he ever ran? Has he ever been in politics? Oh yeah, he's never been in anything other than politics. Okay, Brandon Presley has never had a private job, to my knowledge. Uh, maybe when it, you know, maybe maybe before uh, college he had a private job or in college. But since he's graduated college, he was the mayor of. Uh, I think it was Nettleton, one of you know one of the small towns in that area. One of those big metropolises. <clears throat> yeah, 
and uh, kind of northeast Mississippi. Uh, but he was the mayor right out of college. He ran as mayor when he was like 22 years old, and he was mayor for a while. And then he was public service commissioner for the northern district, uh, you know, Mississippi for, I don't know, I think he's been there for, I don't know, eight or 12 years. And, uh, and now he's running for governor. So as far as I know, you know, in his real adult life, he's never had a job outside of government. So I, I'm conflicted. Every now and then, you know, we, 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 I say we, I'm talking about myself in general. I give Democrats hell, especially black Democrats, because it feels like they automatically just have given their vote to the Democrat side. Yeah. No questions asked. But haven't we done the same thing as Republicans? Just said, you know what? It's the lesser of two evils. I'm going to vote for Tate instead of the Democrat. Because well, I mean, as bad as it was during COVID, could you imagine if we had had a Democrat governor and you yep. look at the lockdowns everywhere else? And that's sadly probably how I'm going to vote this time around because, man, look, I, as bad as Tate was, it could have been a Democrat. Yep. And it would have been worse. Yep. Well, it's a and, tur- what, what, what is the old South Park thing? We vote between a turd sandwich and a, and a, and a female contraceptive? Yeah, <laughs> I hadn't heard that one. Uh, but I would say even worse than that. I mean, any any Republicans that you know are listening that've been around for a while. I mean, look, we had uh, um, we have had terrible presidential candidates up before Trump. You know, time and time again, we had Romney. terrible. Yeah, McCain. Romney, McCain. Ugh. I mean, these were terrible candidates that we had. At least I'll give it to Tate. Uh, in 19, when he ran for governor in 19, from my perspective, uh, he was actually coming out of the Senate as lieutenant governor, and he was, for two terms, probably the most conservative lieutenant governor we have had in certainly my lifetime in Mississippi. So in 19, when he ran for governor in 19, I supported him, you know, financially i donated to his campaign i supported him i went to events for him things like that so i actually supported tate reeves in 19 because he was one of the you know most conservative if not the most conservative lieutenant governors we had ever had and so then we go right into 20 he gets elected in 19 we go into 20 and as soon as we come into 20 you know within the first you know three months basically january february march we get hit by uh, you know hurricane on the uh, coast. We get hit by multiple tornadoes coming through you know kind of the Pine Belt in central Mississippi, and then in March we get hit with COVID and we open it up. So the guy had a lot thrown at him, and he I really hate to say it, but he completely and utterly failed when when COVID hit, and he went straight to you know, overbearing lockdowns, you know, telling people they can't go to work if they're not essential, things like that. And for a year, it went on. Now, he was one of the early ones to open back up, but it's almost like, okay, hey, I've realized I've done wrong, and so let me you know, try to backtrack. But there's no backtracking. Well, he threw a Molotov cocktail on a building and then called the fire department after it burned down. Right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to reward you for cleaning up your own screw-up. Yeah. Yeah. But, but that, that, that's the Tate thing. And I will say this. He, he got me back in the camp a little bit. I might have... But I, it was low-hanging fruit, but he did get me back in in line a little bit with uh, the way he handled the water situation in Jackson. Yeah. I mean, I thought that that was his, uh, that was his Haley Barber Katrina moment. Yeah. You know, it was like, and he took firm control, and he told him to sit down and shut up, basically. And you know how I feel about that bunch in Jackson. So yep. I'm a bit biased. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. Well, I mean, you know, so – I know we're getting off, you know, off yeah, the trails, right. and we want to talk about this DNA bill. But 
Uh, we're we're going to have Tate for another four years. There's no doubt in my mind that we will have Tate for another four years. Uh, I can only hope that you know every time he does a state of the state you know address, you know kind of like the state of the union, the governor does a state of the state address. Every time he comes out, he has great conservative things to say. I just want him to start pushing things harder. Maybe maybe it'd take him going into his second term to do that. I'm not hopeful for that. Uh, but like in Arkansas, we see Sarah Huckabee Sanders. You know, which you can say a lot of things about her, maybe. Uh, but I tell you what, she has hit the ground running. She was elected last year in Arkansas. She hit the ground running this January in Arkansas, and they are tearing it up over there. She is doing great things because she's vocal and she's very hard. When she goes down and talks to her legislature, she is telling them, "You better push these bills that I'm talking about." Tate, he just likes to talk about things, but then he's not pushing. So we'll see if it happens in the second term. Well, our, our hope is that McDaniels can win the lieutenant governor and wrangle in the Senate yeah. and get some things done. Let's take a 100%. call. Yep. Let's take a call real quick. Hey, Jerry, you're on there, brother. Hey, man. I appreciate y'all listening to y'all uh, on the app. I'm traveling today, so couldn't hear you when you put me on hold. Um, you're talking about Tate Reeves and Dr. Wiltshire running into the primaries. I kind of disagree with you that $7 million uh, is 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 huge, but if you run one ad and you're showing churches locked, you're seeing people lose their jobs because he did nothing about this. And you have him not stepping in and tell, asking the attorney general to stop this because I know people who personally called their office and her retarded spokespeople. Well, they're private companies. You can at least take a stand. He would not even take a stand. Nobody in administration would take a stand. And now the CDC has mandated that children add COVID-19 to the COVID to the vaccination for children. Twenty-one states have blocked it. Guess what? One of the states in the uh, 29 that have not—that would be your tater tot. So you run a couple ads like that with Obama's. You don't need seven million dollars. He may not get out of the primary. I will do. I will be the one giving money to Dr. Wilcher and campaigning for him just based on that. Hey, and I appreciate you know, that. I hang, putting, your, put, putting your money where your mouth is. You can't go wrong there. I mean, I support the heck out of it. And I, I'm going to dive into it and take a, look, a good look at Dr. Wilcher and the other candidates. I mean, I'm, ain't nobody guaranteed my vote, especially in the primary. The primary is a great time for a protest vote. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. Look, I, I've been involved in a lot of campaigns. I've, you know, uh, I ran my own campaign. I ran for office. I've been involved in a lot of other campaigns, statewide, local districts, things like that. And I will tell you, it is one running an ad, especially statewide in Mississippi, is expensive. You're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars to run one statewide ad all you know all across uh, the U, uh, the state of Mississippi, and you will get you will reach very little, very few actual voters by doing that. TV, uh, billboards, those are some of the worst ways to uh, advertise about your policies. The best way is to do it by knocking on people's door. And handing them something and talking to them about that, and you just won't be able to reach enough people statewide with that message to make a difference. I just don't see it happening. Nope. Hey, let's take a break real quick. Come back, and I do want to hit the. You got a minute? Yep. I, I want to hit this uh, this DNA thing. Yep. Let's do it. All right. This is the Clay Edwards Show with Stephen Yatroska. We'll be right back on one hundred three nine WYAB. Breaking rules. We're back live in the Mac Hike of Flowood Studios. 
Uh, I've got Stephen Utroska. He's host of the 6A to 7A hour here on the station, Monday through Friday, Liberty Wake Up Call with Stephen Utroska. We're discussing some bills and stuff going on down at the house and just some statewide political stuff. And I really enjoyed this conversation this morning. Uh, so, Stephen, thank you for jumping in. Absolutely. Uh, let's let's move uh, back to what we were going to talk about a minute ago. It's easy to get into this uh I like talking potential statewide election stuff. Yeah. You know, you can go down some rabbit holes there, and we'll have to do that sometime. Uh, there's a bill that you've been harping on for a minute now, and it, does it look like it's going to pass is my first question. And second question is explain it. Yeah. So, um, man, I don't even have it pulled up right now, uh, so I can't remember the bill number. I'll pull that up in a second. But it's basically uh, – it, it was passed in the House, introduced in the House, passed. It went through uh, Judiciary B Committee with Nick Bain. Um, he may have even been the author of it, uh, but it, it passed by. I talked to Nick Bain about the bill, uh, but what the bill does is if you are arrested for a felony, and it's not only for you know just a felony offense, it's he said this on the floor. Nick Bain said on the floor when he introduced it before a floor vote, he said a, if you're arrested uh, on a potential felony charge, so potential felony charge so if you've just been arrested as a suspect yeah and and it's for a you know potential felony yeah you know which makes it very vague yeah. and very objective um but uh, or very subjective excuse me but yeah so basically if if you're arrested all somebody has but, to do is call and say they saw you steal something of 500 dollars. is it still 500 dollars between a misdemeanor and felony uh well that, an expensive bicycle yeah and they can come and arrest you and take a dna swap yeah usually it's over a thousand but actually there's a bill to change that too this year uh, but basically, yeah, if you're arrested for a felony or a suspected felony offense, they will take a DNA sample from you. And, uh, I, I don't think they're going to uh, force you, you know, to, to take blood sample with a needle. I think they're going to use a swab to swab your mouth and get a DNA sample for it, but they're going to swab your mouth, get your DNA sample, and then it's going to go into this database. So it's not if you've been, you know, arrested and, you know, it's for sure you've you know, you're being charged with a felony. It's not if you've been charged with a felony. It's not if you've been indicted for a felony. It's not if you've been convicted for a felony. It's if you're arrested on suspicion of committing a felony, which is, you know, very open and vague. And again, like you said, if I'm in a domestic, you know, with my you know girlfriend or wife or whatever, you know, I am married, I've got a wife, but just, you know, saying for everybody else, if you're in a domestic and you call, you know, you get mad at your girlfriend you call them and say, hey, she's beating on me, you know, using a weapon. Well, that's a felony offense. They're going to come arrest her, take her DNA, and it's going to be in the database. It's going to be in the system. So on the floor, when it pa- it did pass the house, on the floor, it was, you know, there were some questions asked and saying, so now is this if they're convicted? And said, no, 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 no. This is if you're arrested on, you know, the suspicion that you've committed a felony offense. And so then the question was like, well, what if you're just released? What if the jar, the tra- uh, the charges are dropped? You know what happens? And Nick Bain said on the floor, he said, "Well, I think the bill." And this was my rant, not only about the you know I don't like the the whole bill, but one of my biggest pet peeves is when uh, chairmen go out on the floor to present a bill and they don't even know what's in the bill. And he said, "Well, you know, uh, I think that's in the bill that if you if the charges are dropped or you're not convicted, then it automatically you know expunges that from the database that your you know your DNA is in the database. But I'm not sure what we'll to look at the bill, you know, kind of thing. It's like well, then they took a vote on it and passed it, so they didn't even know what's in the bill. 
Uh, but the House passed it uh, pretty much on party lines, meaning you know all the Democrats voted against it, all the Republicans voted for it. There were a handful of Republicans that voted, you know, sided with the Democrats on this because it's a complete intrusion of your you know individual liberty that they would forcibly take a DNA sample. And I asked, I actually asked the chairman. I talked to him on the phone about the bill before it came up for a vote, and I said, well, "What if you refuse?" And he said, <laughs> "You can't." Yeah. Let me uh, let me play devil's advocate here. Because I'm, I'm in agreement with you. Let me throw that out there. Devil's advocate here says, okay, what's the big deal? I get 23 in mead, basically what I'm calling it. Uh, what if this helps solve some un, uh, you know, some some cold case rape charge from 20 years ago or felony, you know, murder charge or whatever? You yeah. know, I, I see as a pro law enforcement guy, I see the benefits of having the DNA on file. Yeah, but that's still my DNA, and you're right. getting and you're obtaining it illegally, as far yes. as I'm concerned. Yeah, no, I mean, so as as far as I go in philosophy, and I do my philosophical Wednesdays uh, a lot of times, uh, and I talk about our conservative values and what I believe and why I believe it. But anything that is you, your body is your property. You own that, and that comes down to property rights. So your DNA, the saliva in your mouth. For them to take that from you and then keep a record of that, they have now taken from your property, your body, and that's your right to do it. So I understand the argument to say, well, what if we can solve, you know, some un, you know unsolved crimes by taking these DNA samples of these people committing, you know, crimes? Well, first off, it may be used, you know, against people, you know, to say, oh, hey, he committed a felony, go arrest him. They go arrest him, and then they take his DNA sample. But if you're going to use that as an argument to say, hey, we may solve some unsolved crimes, why don't we just force everybody to give their DNA sample? Not only people committing crimes, why don't we go door to door and just take everybody's uh, saliva sample? When you renew your driver's license, you got to give a DNA yeah, sample. Yeah, got to give a DNA. Yeah, I mean, so why don't we just do that for everybody? It's because we all have liberty, and we all have the liberty not to have a overbearing government force us to give them things and for them to track us and keep our DNA on, you know, in a database. So the bill, I know we're coming up on a commercial break. The bill uh, did pass the House. It's headed over to the Senate. Um, they will you know, debate it in the Senate. This bill has come up before. Uh, it's died before. I think the only, the only way it has an opportunity of actually passing is if they change it to say that you're convicted of a felony. If you're convicted of a felony, and even beyond that, I think my my preference would be if they want to pass. I'm against the law, the bill altogether. But if they want to pass a bill that's anything like this, I would say the only thing that I would not fight against is if you're convicted of a felony, and even in the felony, it's a violent felony. If you're convicted of a violent felony, then they can keep it on a database. Yeah, because I mean, look, I'm just gonna say. This, if I'm a, if this passes as sits, and I'm a detective somewhere, and there's somebody I need a DNA sample of that I can't get one, can't get a judge to sign off on. Oh, hold on, we got another trick here. Nine one one, nine one. I just saw Clay Edwards um, slap a. Somebody just effed around and found out, and Clay Edwards was in the room. (laughs) Yeah, and they're gonna come arrest me. Swab it and say, oh, catch and release. Yeah, we, we found out that that's not really what happened. Right. But then they have my DNA. That's right. Yep, you 100%. Know? I mean, I, I think it can be used in, in a lot of bad ways that will completely strip us of our individual liberty. Um, and I just don't think the government has that ability to do that. They shouldn't have it. Again, it, you know. Now, MDOC already requires offenders to provide a mandatory DNA sample. 
Yeah, I don't know. So, I mean, that's coming from somebody who spent some time in MDOC yeah. uh, detention. And so, do they keep that? I, yeah, I don't know. That'd be interesting. I have to look into that to see if they keep it, you know, in a database only while you're, um, you know, incarcerated, or if they they release that, you know, if they expunge that somehow once you've been released. But and the same thing with this bill. Even if it's a violent felony, you've you've actually been convicted of a violent offense, and they want to take your DNA. I would say once you've been released, once you've repaid your debt to society. I think you restore all your rights, and so they should expunge that from your, you know, from your uh, the DNA from the database. Uh, Dustin asked on the Guns and Gear text line: Has this has a similar bill been passed anywhere else in in America, or is this a first run? Yeah, no. There's been there's been some others, not not any that are this broad uh, to saying. Now, again, there there are are other laws and states that uh, for conviction of violent violent offenses, they have that on the books, but not something this broad just to say, hey, if you're even arrested. Then we can take that. Interesting. All right, let's take our last break of the first hour here with Stephen Yatroska on the Clay Edwards Show. We'll be right back on 1039 WYAB. Breaking rules when necessary. Man, we got a couple minutes left here with Stephen Yatroska live in the Mac Hike of Flowood Studios. And we're just kind of wrapping up on this bill that would. It's a ex- extreme overreach, if nothing else, of of our civil liberties. Stephen, uh, you said you've done, done a little research there. What'd yeah, I pulled it back up. It's House Bill four twelve. I couldn't remember the the bill number, and so it says in here uh, that uh, if you are expunged, it, so if you're you know arrested and you get an expungement of that arrest, then it will automatically delete it. But you have to you know file for that expungement or. You can uh, file a motion in court uh, to seek destruction of the DNA sample and deletion for such information. So if you're arrested uh, for a charge and the charges are dropped and you're released, you then have to file in court either for an expungement of that arrest or file to the court a motion to have it destroyed, the, the sample itself destroyed, and deletion of the information from your official record. Um, you know, I don't trust government to do anything. So would they actually delete it? I don't know. You know, I don't trust them. I certainly don't think you should trust them. Uh, the only thing that, that is a benefit in this bill right now is they put what they call a reverse repealer, which basically it's a sunset provision that kills the bill before it would ever even go into effect. It kills it the day before it sunsets a day before it would actually go into effect. And the only reason they do that is just to make sure it has to come back to the House for a, a second vote, knowing that it will be amended through the process. Man, look, great stuff. Thank you for joining me this morning. Y'all tune in to the Stephen Yatroska Liberty Wake Up Call Show every morning, 6A to 7A. If you can't wake up that early, he podcasted as well. Just search Liberty Wake Up Call. Yep, on any major podcast provider. All right, brother. See you tomorrow. I'll be right back. Whole another hour of the Clay Edwards Show. Raising hell, praising Dale, right here on 103.9 WYAB. Thanks for listening. Tune in tomorrow at 7 a.m. as the Clay Edwards Show discusses all that is going on in and around the city of Jackson. This concludes our broadcast day. Right here on 103.9 WYAB.